Oh, and I'm getting a phone call. How professional. Okay, great. Let's let's that. take that let's take that online. <laughs> what if we are on air? You're let's on take air. that on air, Elliot. We have a question for you. <laughs> 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 Dana Seiler is with us here with us today. How will you be addressing her? In the hot seat. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of the QT Cast, the queer and trans podcast for the Queer and Trans Research Lab. And oh, welcome to a brand new year here at the Queer and Trans Research Lab. For anyone who's just tuned in, the QTRL is housed at the Bonham Center for Sexual Diversity Studies at the University of Toronto. In this episode, you'll meet the 2022-2023 cohort of scholars, students, artists, and community leaders here at the lab, and you'll get a peek at all the exciting work being done this year. My name is Elliot, and I'm thrilled to have the privilege of being your host for another year. For more info and for contact links, make sure to check out this episode's notes. Now, without further ado, let's meet the team. So my uh, name is Dana Seitler. My pronouns are she, her, or high femme priestess, as you wish. (laughs) I am the director of the Bonham Center for Sexual Diversity Studies, which houses the Queer and Trans Research Lab, and I'm the faculty lead at the lab. That's so exciting. Now, Dana, can you tell me just a little bit about what your hopes are for the lab this year? Oh, you know, it's so interesting, Elliot. As we talked about last year... For me, the lab is all about experiment. Yeah. Right? What kinds of things can happen when people that are working on social justice issues Mm -hmm. from a scholarly perspective, from an artistic perspective, from a community leadership, activist perspective, what happens when they all get together in a room and share their work? Yeah. So... Uh, My greatest hope is that there's a continuation of what we began last year, which was experimenting with these methods and practices, Mm -hmm. sharing our work and learning from each other to be able to create change for LGBTQ and um, QT BIPOC communities. And Dana, if you had to sum up the work here at the Queer and Trans Research Lab in three words, which would you choose? So I could automatically say experiment, Mm -hmm. collaboration, Mm But I'm going to also add joy. I love that. And finally, what would you say to U of T students who are looking for a queer and trans community? Join us. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> we recruit. I love that. <laughs> I, I will say that the Sexual Diversity Studies undergraduate program offers a really wonderful um, intellectual and community-based space for mm. them. But we also have all kinds of public events, community events, student-based events that I welcome them to. And if they are a part of, um, if they're students in the Sexual Diversity Studies program, then we invite them every year to apply to become research assistants at the Queer and Trans Research Lab, where they can actually work with the folks that we're bringing in here and their projects, as well as develop their own skills, um, depending on who they get paired with, right? Their own creative, intellectual, and... um, you know, political skills. I love that. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Join us. (laughs) Hello, my name is Christopher Gary Smith, a.k.a. C.G. Smith. My pronouns are they, them, he, and she. Um, I'm not being antagonistic. I actually (laughs) will respond to anything. That didn't read as antagonistic at all. I love it. And then tell me a little bit about your role here at the research lab. 
So right now at the research lab, I'm a research associate, uh, but I'm also program coordinator for the lab. And so fortunately, I'm able to work on my own research while currently overseeing the basic day-to-days of like any events mm. and happenings that are occurring through the lab. And it's that. been fun so far. Tell me a little bit about what your own research is. So my research is on Black uh, Black Queer Pride Festivals that have been in existence since um, the late 1980s. And there's historical debate around that in terms of who went on first, whether it was L.A. Mm. or Washington, D.C. So it's like an interesting Black queer, like East Coast, West Coast kind of quarrel. It's like, no, we had our, we had our Black Pride first. But either way... Black Pride was a response to uh, the lack of resources and social engagement with Black queer populations mm-hmm. during the HIV/AIDS crisis. Right, and so as much as it's a celebration as it's manifested itself now, mm-hmm. initially it was a social gathering just to create space for folks who were either living with HIV or were living with someone who was living with HIV, right. friends, etc. Because there was no information sharing. There was, everyone felt like they were in the dark. And so this was kind of like a collective movement that just blossomed into what is now. There are officially with uh, what used to be called the International Federation of Black Prize, mm-hmm. now renamed uh, the Center for Black Equity, which is based in Washington, D.C., uh, headed by Earl Folks. Uh, there are like at least 35 affiliated Black Pride festivals that happen annually. Mm -hmm. And they still continue to do that work of intervention or what Marlon Bailey speaks of as intravention. The way that I embrace it and the way that um, uh, scholar Marlon Bailey has uh, defined the term is that intravention is... uh, processes of self-care and uh, creating the infrastructure from ideas that come within a particular community right and wow. when he co- uh, and so when uh, Bailey coined the t- uh, coined the term it was in response to the prevailing discourse that mainstream organizations primarily led by white gay men, mm need to do these interventions because black queer subjects are always understood as a problem. And it's just like, we ain't no problem. It's just like, there's just no communication. And so black pride is an example of that, that gives you a, like kind of gives you a historical legacy Mm -hmm. of how long these practices have been happening where it's just like, yeah, if I can't, if I can't depend upon you to provide the services that I need, that I'm going to build that infrastructure on my own based on what my people tell me that we need. Wow, that's amazing. What attracted you to this position at the Queer Trans Research Lab? I mean, practically, I'm on the job market. Oh, yeah. And so this, uh, and so this is a lovely position to be able to kind of 
do my own research. Yep. I mean, this is the first time that I've actually had my own research assistant. I'm just like, wow, cool. Yeah, and that's fantastic. My own research assistant who you met earlier. I'm yes. just like, wow, I've got a research assistant. I'm just like, yeah, we're going to have to wait for a while so I can tell you. I need to figure out what it is that I want. Totally, totally, totally. To totally. Uh, but I mean, but be, to be able to have those kinds of resources, that was definitely an incentive. But also to see the work that uh, has been done since the lab's ince inception mm -hmm. uh, and from uh, the glowing kind of recommendations about the lab from right. uh, my predecessor, Nikolai Atai, uh, who was just like, this is a great space and there's some interesting stuff that's happening. I'm just like, yeah, that's actually true. And when I saw the cohort, I'm just like, oh my God, I know so many people. Like Aww. I get to work with Roma and TL and Shauna. I like, love that. I and love so that. like to be in a space where I'm meeting new people, but also being reacquainted with totally. other colleagues that I work with in different capacities uh, over my academic career. I'm just like, this is a nice place to be. Yeah, that's fantastic, truly. And, and you see my office is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And, and I it's love not it. even fully decorated yet. No, it's gorgeous and it's not done. So that's saying something. And finally, Christopher, what are your hopes for the lab this year? Continued success. Yeah. Uh, and, what I, what I, and what I mean by that is that all of the accomplishments that have happened, so if you look at the year in review, mm -hmm for 2021-22 all of the things that were accomplished in terms of like the works the work done with like community leaders and residents yeah artists and residents etc this was all done while we were in a pandemic right yeah and yet we were able to accomplish so much and so my dreams is that we just keep that energy going because okay. i don't want us to go into this year thinking that oh well we need to top ourselves yeah right we just need like you know as they say if it ain't broke don't fix it yep. it's just like we just need to do what we're doing and see what we can do differently now that we're no longer under these constraints that the pandemic posed I love that. And that's going to be beautiful. Yeah, like, that's fantastic. Like to actually say that like, yeah, we're actually booking rooms again for events and not like Zoom webinars. Totally. Well, even like thing. we're sitting across from each other and it's fantastic exactly. to be in the that, same room. Please, I've had company like... It's just like, cool, I've got people coming in my office. Come drop like, in. I know. I love it. I love it. I love Drop in here. anytime. Hello, my name is Roma Spencer, and uh, I do not go or prescribe to any pronoun. I would rather go by the noun, which is my name, Roma. I would like to always be identified as just Roma, okay? Um, I am this year's artist in residence at the lab where I will be writing the jukebox musical on the undisputed Calypso Queen and Mother and Queer. Caribbean icon, Calypso Rose. Um, I'm very, very excited um, to delve into doing this because it was in 2019 when I literally took money out of my pocket and traveled to, the, to New York to stay with her for, at her home for three days, interviewing her and just, um, you know, talking to her about her life, her, her, her journey as a Calypsonian, the struggle, the triumph, and 
Having done that three years ago, I then obviously, you know, when I got back to Canada, um, I just hit a stalemate because I felt that, you know, the the story wasn't probably Canadian enough to get and access public funding from the Arts Council to carry on with the work. So it just kind of sat on the shelf there for a while until I heard about this um, um, Queer Trans and Research Lab submission call for artists in residence. And uh, truth be told is that I never knew anything about Queer Trans and Research Lab before. And had it not been for Nikolai Atai, the coordinator last year, who knowing me as an artist and the work I was doing in my community with um, the the uh, physical theater uh, presentation outside my home, which happened during Pride of 2020 and 2021, he felt that I would have been I would have made a good candidate to 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 apply, and he told me about it, and I said okay, sure, you know, and I kind of put it behind my head, and lo and behold, when the call out came. Um, I think it was in probably February or, or, Mar or March. Anyhow, when it came, he did send me the email telling me to please apply. I looked at it and I had, uh, this was, this particular project was not what I had originally in mind to apply. I, I, I did another project. Sorry, I wanted to submit. I wrote it and was ready to hit send. And some little voice in my head kept saying, you know what, scrap that and go with, you know, the Calypso Rose musical because that is what you want to do. You know, this is the opportune time to get some kind of seed money to make it happen. And I switched gears and wrote my project description on the Calypso Rose musical. And that is what I submitted. And... Uh, I was selected as the artist in residence. So that is how really and truly I came to Queer Trans and Research Lab. Otherwise, um, you know, there was no real attraction to the lab because I never knew about it before. And had it not for Nikolai, I would have never known anything about a Queer Trans and Research Lab. So I do believe that um, some work is needed around getting the word out about the work Queer Trans and Research Lab is doing, not only at the university, but in, in the community. So, you know, I, I while I'm there, I will be sure, you know, to amplify that, make sure that, you know, the our LGBTQ plus communities out in, um, not only in Toronto and the GTA, but in Canada, you know, know about Queer Trans and Research Lab. Yeah. So that was my attraction to, to the lab. And um, one of the things that I'm really, really looking forward to is really delving into listening to all the music of Calypso Rose over the years. You know, they, you know over the years, you, you have a number of music that make it to the airwaves that are popular. But this woman wrote some, eight, something like 800 plus songs and some of these, you know, not always make it on the airwaves. They, you know, every year she will bring out an album and maybe two songs on the album is what is popular. And that is what we hear a lot of the airwaves. But it's an album that consists about 12 songs or 10 songs. And, you know, you have eight more songs to listen to. So 
that is what I'm looking forward to, to listen to all this set of music to decide on which one of these songs that will make it into the musical, you know, because the, 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 this, these calypsos has to further the plot, you know, it, 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 the, the composition becomes uh, um, an extension of the narrative that I'm telling around her life in the musical. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to doing, my, you know, artist talk and, and, and lectures um, on campus with the students and sharing my, my work as an artist and what makes me tick, what, what inspire me, my style, you know, um, my, my, my history, my cultural heritage, how, how that informs my work and how as a queer woman, you know, after working so many years in a heteronormative scenarios that it take, it took the pandemic, you know, in 2020 for me to reimagine myself, re-image myself and bring my my sexual orientation and identity as a queer black woman into the work and art that I create. Um, you know, this only happened two years ago. And once I started doing that, things took off for me at, to the point of here where I am at the Queer Trans and Research Lab. So that's one of the most um, exciting things that I'm looking forward to, um, creating works that um, speaks to my, I, I call it queering in performance, you know, bringing my queer politics into the art that I create. I also look forward to meeting with other scholars on, on sexual diversity studies and and the queerness in the Caribbean, you know, just just vibes in and 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 philosophizing with other art with other thinkers around this topic, especially as it relates to um, our Caribbean, you know, our Caribbeanness. So these are some of the things that I ex I'm excited about and looking forward to with my time here at the QTRL over the next year. Hello, uh, my name is T.L. Cowan, and I use she and they pronouns, and um, I am a faculty research fellow at the Queer and Trans Research Lab with you. You know, throughout my career, I have worked on um, building a trans feminist and queer uh, set of um, research frameworks um, coming from performance studies and media studies and digital cultural studies, uh, as well as informational studies, information studies and uh, archival studies. And I, what I do is I study how trans feminist and queer protocols um, can work. So community-based protocols um, work in a, uh, in a research environment. I have developed something called the cabaret method um, for doing uh, academic research, um, which is based on cabaret, uh, which is the what I study uh, for cabaret is a grassroots politicized satirical uh, variety show. And, uh, and what I do uh, with uh, thinking about cabaret methods is that I think about the ways that we can learn from cabaret um, as a 
structure and as a format and a set of relations for building um, relationship-based and distributed resource networks in, um, in academic culture and, and research methods. And so I've done that um, for many years and now I'm working on a new project um, that is a little bit of a departure from that. So tell me a little bit about this project for QTRL or as much as you can share um, at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> Sure, absolutely. So the project that I am working on for QTRL is called Assisted Living in the Life of the Mind. And I guess there is a subtitle to it, um, which is, so it's Assisted Living in the Life of the Mind, Building Transfeminist and Queer Mental Health and Accessibility Networks in the University. And um, this project is born um, from my own um experiences of being a neurodivergent um, faculty member, um, a professor with a cognitive disorder or a couple of cognitive disorders. So I um, uh, live with uh, PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress uh, syndrome and disorder. What is it? Post sorry, post-traumatic stress disorder and uh, ADHD, which is uh, attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder um, and uh, and I guess for most of my life I have managed to um, have fairly effective compensatory mechanisms for dealing with um, the way that my brain works and um, over the last handful of years those mechanisms those compensatory mechanisms have stopped working as well um, and and so and I've started paying more attention to them. And, and so basically what I'm doing is trying to think about what does, how does disorder, so ADHD and PTSD, how does the framework of disorder um, structure my thinking and my life and, uh, and think about what it means to be disordered um, as a professor. And I think about the ways that, um, so the, the, the project is inspired really by thinking about how professors are supposed to be, are usually understood as these hyper, hyper, hyper able-minded people who are, you know, really kind of operating in the model of the individual genius who um, comes up with ideas and develops them on their own and publishes them on their own and, and, that, um, and that we don't need help um, doing those things. And, um, and I guess my project is really trying to Think about the ways that support and help and assistance um, is something that I would like to see normalized, and I would like to decenter the idea of the solitary individual, independent um, professor genius, um, and think instead about how we can kind of build support networks um, both through the university um, beyond um, what are called workplace accommodations and building support networks of mutual aid um, across faculty who have cognitive divergence. I, I was diagnosed with ADHD just a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, and I sought that 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 um, diagnosis out. I've been thinking about it for a long time. And I sought the diagnosis out um, after the first two months of the pandemic. Right. That's such a big... Like, oh, yeah this is yeah. not working <laughs> totally. honestly totally same and like there's something really flawed with the way that it's diagnosed these days because like like you're saying the the, the ways that we compensate like 
I went to my doctor and on the thing because I was a good student my whole life he's like well I can't diagnose you and so yeah. I'm talking to my therapist my therapist is like well we're changing the way we understand it there's a lot more nuanced understandings it just means that you were like overcoming it and so you have all of these like pretty bad coping mechanisms and it's not helping so anyway and, the, and those coping mechanisms are exhausting oh my and god at some point at some point you just start being too tired to do to put those those mechanisms in place anymore what is something that you are looking forward to with your relationship with AQTRL this year? Like, how do you think it might help you develop this, this project, this thinking? I am excited for, um, I was just having a conversation with Krishna Rao and he was like, the QTRA is your cabaret method. And I was like, oh my God, exactly. <laughs> so basically I'm really excited to sit around the Sharon tells every month and to listen to the work that's being done by Shauna Yi, who's the other faculty research fellow, and um, and by uh, and by the artist in residence, um, Roma Spencer, and by the community leadership fellows, Alfonso King, AAKA Jade Electra, DJ Relentless, um, and LA Adecour, and then also working with Elio Colavito. Um, I'm just thrilled by um, how much expertise is in the room and how much diversity of how we think is in the room and being able to engage with these ideas with undergraduate research fellows, so many amazing graduate research fellows, and then folks from the community, folks with creation-based practice and activist-based practice um, is just totally thrilling to me. And I can't wait to just be in conversation with everyone and to learn and for the project to grow in this context. And I'm really happy that I'm actually starting a project this way um, because I believe that these conversations will fundamentally um, create the foundation for the project. And I think that that's just thrilling. So my name is Ashana Ye. Uh, I go by she, her, and I teach uh, in women and gender studies at uh, U. UTSA at UTSA yes I, I haven't introduced myself for for so long and I am a uh, faculty uh, research fellow here uh, at the uh, queer and trans research lab so my research is mainly on transnational queer studies um, studies of uh, uh, trauma and memory and post uh, socialism and also the global expansion of China. So I'm finishing my uh, manuscript, so my first book, my That's tenure amazing. book, and is uh, uh, currently uh, under contract with the University of Michigan Press. And the title is Queer Chimerica, a speculative autoethnography of the cool child. So this uh, this book, the form, uh, I'm playing with the form a little bit. So um, the best way to describe the project or the book is, um, so I have this sci-fi uh, uh, story, so the narrative, and uh, my main research is a Russian doll within this narrative arc. So it's pretty much uh, about this woman's um, growing up story. Mm -hmm. 
how she navigates through what I call、uh, Tramerica.、Mm-hmm. So Tramerica in my、uh, writing is this future empire,、wow. which is the、uh, combination of China and the United States.、Wow. So the whole book starts from the uh, early fifties、uh, uh, and sixties, which is the high socialist time in China, and to、uh, the mid twenty.、Uh, 2050-ish. Wow. Yeah. So, so interesting. My academic work is embedded in the whole,、uh, the larger、um, story. So the pretty much the story is about、uh, this person's、uh, internal and、uh, external conflicts. Wow. Wow, that's um, that's really inspiring. As someone who's just about to start writing, like I, I really want to. I, wanna, I like、um, <laughs> like explore the form. Yeah. Yeah.、Absolutely. Think about、uh, something creative. I think、um, the the lab、uh, takes such a unique form. I would say, like I I don't think I ever seen other centers or you know labs or places、uh, who would invite、uh, people from a very different background. Yeah. So there are、uh, academic scholars, there are、uh, artists and、uh, community based、uh, activists.、Mm-hmm. So I think uh, uh, it was really appealing for me. To、uh, collaborate, to collaborate with uh, uh, people yeah.、Uh, from different backgrounds and also from different places,、um, it's that sort of collaboration that really draws me to the lab. <laughs> it's just like so exciting to see people are doing so many different creative、uh, projects here.、Yeah. We also have lots of、uh, undergraduate and、uh, graduate TA. I've never seen this、mm-hmm. from other places as、mm-hmm. well. Usually, we see undergrad student as a Uh, you know, they just started and they probably don't know much.、Yeah. But then、uh, the mentorship here, like we provided, it's just amazing. And、uh, just from uh, uh, you know the vibe of the center,、uh, there's like a no hierarchy. Yes, totally. Yeah, like totally. people all work together. It's it's really amazing. My name is Alfonso King Jr. I'm probably better known as Jade Electra or DJ Relentless in Toronto's community.、Uh, I am a community leader who is a resident here.、Um, and can you tell me a little bit about the many hats that you wear and what your community work is, and your DJ work, and your drag work, and your activism? <laughs>、uh, okay, uh, I am.、Uh, Let's see. <laughs> It's hard to describe. I'm considered to be an HIV activist.、Uh, I am.、Um, I am HIV positive, and I have、uh, been since I moved to Toronto in 2009. At the end、mm. of 2009, I have been organizing and producing events for the HIV positive community.、Okay. Um, I have.、Um, let's see. In those events. I started performing. I mean, I was a performer before I got here, but、uh, I started performing and hosting as Jade Electra. So that sort of kind of built my profile as Jade Electra in that scene.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a drag queen, and I performed. I used to perform on Church Street. I no longer perform on Church Street.、Um, Is there a reason? <laughs>、uh, the reason has to do with、um, just. The bars. I, I come from New York City.、Uh, that's where I lived before here,、mm-hmm. and、um, I just didn't.、Uh, I didn't agree with the way the shows are run here,、yes. and so <laughs>、uh, marathon shows just do not、uh, appeal to me. I think you should get on and get off. Oh yeah,、uh, as quickly as possible.、Uh, and you know, and the, the 
the scene has changed yeah. and everything is based on drag race and what they see on television. So it's no longer about the actual individuals on stage. It's who's trying to get to that show. Right. And I'm not trying to get to that show. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. I have no interest in being on <laughs> drag race at all. Um, so, uh, but I'm also a recording artist. Uh, so I started using my music to advocate for HIV, um, you know, like to get messages out there about mm -hmm. HIV. Uh, and I'm also, uh, I'm an actor. Uh, so I've done like, I actually literally just finished three TV shows, Jeez. uh, recently. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. That's exciting. Um, uh, gosh, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I, I mean, as far as the, I, I go and I speak in different places about, uh, being HIV positive. Uh, I've worked with a couple of the pharmaceutical companies to work on campaigns for U equals U. Um, which for people who don't know is undetectable equals untransmittable. Yes. Hopefully our listeners have heard that at least once, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm very uh, much about getting that message out there and getting, educating people about what it is to be HIV positive and also to still, you know, I think that um, uh, the way things are going, things look very lax to me about mm. Uh, HIV and the way the pharmaceutical companies are projecting things, it looks like, oh, you just take a pill and you're fine. And I'm here to tell you it's not like that. There's more to it than that, <laughs> There's right? a lot more to it. And we should still be cautious and still, you know, understand what you're doing to your body with the stuff that you're taking, if you're taking PrEP or if you're taking meds to save your life. Yep. Uh, there's consequences. And uh, so, you know, so that's that's what I feel like my purpose is, is to remind people that, like, we still have got a ways to go. And on that note, can you give me a little bit of info about what attracted you to the Queer Trans Research Lab? Um, to be perfectly honest, I did not know anything about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. Uh, uh, Abdi, uh, my friend Abdi, uh, told me, oh, you should apply for it. I really didn't think I was getting in. Mm. I, I turned it in at the last minute. I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll never hear anything about that again. <laughs> uh, but I actually did get in. And uh, But I'm... I'm uh, really excited about the prospect of working with uh, young people. I'm, I just turned 55 this year. Oh my God. Um, so, you look fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, bad lighting in here, I'm sure. <laughs> um, uh, but I, 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 over the past year, with a lot of the interviews that I had been doing, I've been saying uh, one of the things that's missing in our community is uh, mentorship. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, like, this is a huge opportunity to, like, share the information that I know with someone younger. And hopefully they will take it and run with it and keep this going, this fight that we have to do. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, that's I, that's the main thing I think that is very attractive about the program. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, I'm just excited to actually like get to do something like this. I, I, I it was not in my, in my <laughs> atmosphere or thoughts that yeah. this was a, 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 po a possibility for me. Uh, and honestly, after COVID, I thought I would not be working again. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. For real. So it's really good to actually be a part of something and actually something that's substantial that mm -hmm. hopefully can help the community. Cause that's really just been my main focus is like doing stuff for the community and creating safe spaces for people. That's fantastic. So my name is Ellie Attaker. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm one of the new community leadership fellows here at the lab. 
Um, I'm also a graduate student here at U of T in the Department of Geography and Planning, and a lot of my community work focuses on things like sex worker justice, Black liberation, challenging police violence, kind of mutual aid work sort of themes. And so I think this year with, with my work with the lab, I'm really hoping to be able to center sex worker justice perspectives and particularly some of the struggles that students at universities who sell trade exchange sexual services might face when it comes to things like their safety, their anonymity, their ability to attend and remain in school, live in residence and issues like that. So I'm excited to be at the lab because I think this is one of the few places at the University of Toronto, it's just such a historically conservative school. Um, we're exploring topics like this is something that, that we're really able to do. My name is Elio Colavito. I use they, them pronouns, and I'm a graduate research assistant at the QTRL. Who are you assisting? Professor T.L. Cowan in the Assisted Living in the Life of the Mind project. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And can you tell me a bit about your own research? Uh, my own research, I'm a historian. I uh, am writing a history of trans activism and mutual aid, particularly in trans masculine communities in North America from around 1960 to the early 2000s. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. What is it like being in history? Uh, you know, history tends to be a pretty... Um, archaic space within the academy, quite conservative, which is a part of, I think, why I ended up doing a lot of work in sexual diversity studies and, and now in the lab is trying to find a community that thinks similarly to me, cares about the same kinds of histories and issues and ways of looking at the world and, you know, finding a community because historians are a bit crusty sometimes. Oh, yeah. Some of them are. Some of them are great. Some of the people in my department are great, but there are a lot of people to be wary of as well. I believe that. Same same goes for anthropology. Yeah. Um, I mean, hey. Yeah, I think uh, it's on the list of conservative departments. It's like history, anthropology, X, Y, Z. Yeah, seriously. They're best friends. In that so world. many of us find refuge here, eh? Like, <laughs> we all flock. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that being said, can you tell me what you're hoping to get out of your relationship with the lab this year? Yeah, so I think, just to reiterate, definitely trying to find a community of scholars that think in similar ways that can help push my thinking in the natural ways that I would like my thinking to grow and trying to find a community there, mm -hmm. but also just getting some, some new, fresh mentorship in how to kind of conceptualize my own projects, how to go about research, and how to, more importantly than anything, ma manage all of the many hats that academics tend to wear. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Um, when you figure that out, please help me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm hoping the QTRL is the answer to a lot of my organizational issues, um, and it probably won't be. But I think in working on a project that centers queer and trans feminist research on ADHD and accommodations and things like that are, is going to be pretty transformative in helping me understand my needs myself uh, and the kind of scholar that I want to be, mm. generally speaking, in terms of accessibility and um, you know, making sure I have my eyes on the issues that I want to have my eyes on and not let them lose focus as I go through an otherwise very rigorous process that's really easy to get sucked into your little micro niche and kind of not think bigger picture, but, you know. I love that. Say that louder for the people in the back. Yeah, that was yeah. fantastic. Hi, my name is Kanika Lawton. My pronouns are they, them. I'm a second year PhD student and I'm a graduate research assistant at the Queer and Trans Research Lab. I'm working in the Cinema Studies Institute and the Marquez Baum Center for Sexual Diversity Studies. And a lot of my research is looking at surveillance aesthetics, 
I'm working on this idea that surveillance technologies such as CCTV surveillance footage has an aesthetic quality that changes, you know, like how we view surveillance as this like objective, neutral way mm. of looking at the world. And my main argument is that actually surveillance changes how we see things and how we encounter sites of violences, especially when it comes to the police, to state violence. Um, so that's the first part of my research. And the second part is looking at queer, trans, and racialized ways of refusing such surveillance, such as through Simone Brown's idea of dark surveillance, mm. Blisson's idea of opacity. And I'm working mostly with installation art, digital artists, um, video art, things like that, to find like ways to you know prevent us from being surveyed so intensely who are you assisting in the lab this year i'll be assisting shana yi i will be helping her with the last parts of her manuscript and hopefully developing some workshops and other events throughout the year what drew me to the queer and trans research lab is you know i was seeing like what was going on in inaugural year and like all the different events and i'm so fascinated with like interdisciplinary work like my background my background is in psychology mm, so wow. a lot of my work is inherently interdisciplinary and cinema and media studies has so much history with psychology with philosophy with theory mm. where it's like well a lot of my work is already interdisciplinary and i really appreciate how with the lab it brings in artists it brings in scholars it brings in community organizers in a way that's fruitful and generative. And I was drawn to that idea of like, you know, bring academy like into the community. I'm a big fan of tearing down the ivory tower, making sure that it falls. And I am a huge fan of like bringing theory and praxis together. I try to do that in my own work and seeing like the ways in which the lab can support that and support that marrying of theory and praxis, I think is super important. Hi, my name is Anna Kozak. My pronouns are she, they. And I'm the graduate dissertation completion award recipient. My focus is on 20th and 21st century queer American autobiography. Can you just tell me maybe one or two things that attracted you to the Queer Trans Research Lab? Well, um, the main thing is just the collaborative aspect of it. Like I, you know, kind of just sit around doing my work in isolation and mm -hmm. the pandemic has been especially isolating for everybody. So I just love that I can sort of pick the brains of everybody in this group and that we can all sort of like share ideas and have conversations that'll be productive for my dissertation writing. What's something you're looking forward to through the year? Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing is really just like motivation Totally. <laughs> uh, just to finish my dissertation finally to, um, you know, kind of be in the queer space I've always imagined being in and always dreamed of. So um, I think that's really the thing I'm the most excited for. And of course, all the events, all the collaborative, um, you know, projects that we're all doing together. So mm -hmm. those are all my kind of um, favorite things I'm looking forward to this year. Hi, I'm Camille Rogers. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm here with the Dissertation Completion Award. My dissertation is about an opera singer who lived in the 1700s whose name was Julie Daubigny, or sometimes she went by her stage name, Mademoiselle Maupin. She had just like the most fantastical life. She was always cross-dressing, getting into sword fights, of course, being an opera singer, um, and was like fairly openly queer at a time when that was, you know, a pretty, pretty wild thing to be doing. So I'm looking at her life and some of the, the roles and operas that she sang 
and um, looking at ways that I can share her story, basically. How did you come across her story or like what led you to this research? So quite honestly, it was like a like a Google rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. I came across, you know, like there's little snippets about her on the Internet. There's little like web comics and stuff. And I was like, wait a second, I'm an opera singer. I was already like interested in that time period Mm -hmm. in the 1700s. And I was like, it just all came together. And I was like, well, this is the perfect human for me to be researching. Oh, my God, that's amazing. How long have you been doing opera for? Uh, so I started off my undergrad wow. doing opera, so I would have been, yeah, like 18 right out of high school. I, I tried it out and really loved it, and yeah. I think one of the main things that feels really exciting about the lab is that it brings together people from sort of all different um, like levels of the university. There's faculty, there's grad students, um, there's people who are involved in a community aspect, and then also undergrads, and mm. I love that that brings everyone together. I think there's like so few opportunities in the university to do that. And so I think that's what I'm most drawn to. And I'm just super excited to meet everyone and Mm. learn from everyone. Everyone, you know, our first meeting, everyone was talking about their research focuses. And it was just like, oh my goodness, I can learn so much from all these people. So I think that's what I'm most excited about. Hello, my name is Carrie Liu. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I'm currently an undergraduate research assistant at the QTRL lab. I'm working with Roma Spencer, our artist in residence, to uh, create a musical on Calypso Rose. I uh, came to U of T planning to study SDS in psychology because I want to pursue a graduate degree in psychotherapy. Wow. Um, and work with people in psychiatry with like mental illness and trauma and a lot of those like embodiment sort of issues that everyone sort of struggles with in any different capacity. Yeah. What really drew me to the lab is I took a course with Naveen Manai and at the end of the year they said, are you interested in participating in this? I thought, why not? Yeah, Anything why not, to do right? with SDS to really like apply the theory and methodologies I learned in class in a creative context. I think in a lot of my courses, we focus very heavily on interpreting the works of other people mm-hmm. and internalizing, building upon that. But I'd really learn, like to learn from people like Roma and yourself and other people here on how to kind of like build and substantiate something for yourself. Hi everyone, my name is Henry Yang. Um, I go by he, they pronouns, or as I always say, any other ones. I'm not very confrontational, which is something that one of my favorite queer comedians has said in the past. And so I'm a second year student here at the University of Toronto. I'm studying biochemistry, philosophy, as well as sexual diversity studies. In case you can't tell, I clearly have a good direction um, in regards to what I'm planning on doing here. I love it. Yeah, and this is my first year at the Queer and Trans Research Lab. I'm part of the undergraduate um, research assistant cohort, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I am helping our dear friend Elliot here with the podcast. So that means doing a lot of background research, also helping in regards to the production and dissemination of the podcast, which is very exciting. I'm so excited to have you on board, Henry. Me too. Thank (laughs) you. Um, Can I also ask you what... Uh, drew you to the lab like why do you want to be here yeah so I mean I guess short answer is um, I wanted to give myself a chance I know we talked about this kind of briefly yeah before jumping into this but um, coming from a place of not being very economic stable economically Mm -hmm. stable um, at the very least in my youth um, I think I really wanted to speed through my undergrad as quick as possible and so originally the plan was I was going to do a biochemistry specialization but what happened was that 
Professor Manaya, I guess, recognized my work or my effort or my passion in maybe uh, all the above classes. <laughs> maybe who knows? Uh, I guess that's for them to know and me to find out. Exactly. Um, yeah, but um, they were kind enough to offer me a RA ship here at the Queer and Trans Research Lab, and um, there, I guess, there was something very alluring about giving myself a chance to actually try something that I really wanted to enjoy. And yeah. um, I mean, to this day, I'm still. I, I cannot put into words how thankful I was to Dr. Manaya for giving me this position. It's already in the very brief amount of time that I spent at the Queer and Trans Research Lab, um, given me the chance to make some incredible connections, and I feel like I've already learned so much. And I think that the resources that the um, lab gives you access to, um, which I'm soon very excited to be able to gain access to, um, is really kind of the selling point of the Queer and Trans Research Lab. So it should go without saying from my very long spiel that I'm very excited to be here. My name's Vanessa. I go by they, them pronouns. And I'm currently an undergraduate research assistant at the QTRL. I'm currently entering into my third year as an undergrad, and I've been doing a lot of work in the sexual diversity studies department. And I think going through like my undergrad thing has been like very beneficial in understanding what exactly I want and do not want to do, especially going into the subject of like sexual diversity studies and understanding that a bit more and understanding like my own opinions on these certain subjects and how I want to like maybe make a better things for queer folks in the future. So I think my undergrad's definitely been helping me get into that as well as hopefully going more into the QTRL. Um, I'm currently an assistant of one of the community leaderships in residence, Ellie Kerr. And currently what we're doing our work on is with, we're doing a collaboration with Maggie's, a Toronto sex worker organization helps with sex workers. And we're currently trying to help students who are in college and university and also taking sex work particularly those who are within the practice of sugaring like sugar mommy sugar babies etc and how to like better provide support to those students who are in those practices and how we can better support them but also like eliminate stigma towards them i think i'm definitely very excited just in general to go more into the idea of research and seeing how that topic, like, if this is something I want to pursue in the future, like doing more research-based projects, and also just like seeing what I can do to help the sort of like SDS community at the USP, and just in general, seeing what that progress leads to. Hi, my name is Zoe. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, and I'm an undergraduate uh, research assistant for a community leader. I'm working with Alfonso King Jr., also known as Jade Electra. I think it's a variation of a lot of things. Um, They do so much in the community, Mm -hmm. which is amazing, but it also means that they're insanely busy. Yes. (laughs) So I think it's just trying to support them in whatever they're doing. They're putting out um, a magazine every month that I'm going to try to help with. Wow. Um, Yeah, it's really amazing. And they're doing also a... um, they do the Pause Toronto Awards, mm. where they honor people who have worked in the HIV uh, community, and they uh, are donating to Women Speak, which uh, I think focuses on HIV-positive women mm. in the community. And yeah, so that's December 16th as well. I'm majoring in Women and Gender Studies, and I'm minoring in Religion and Sexual Diversity Studies, uh, which basically means I'm gay and I have religious trauma. <laughs> um, <laughs> So to be the tagline for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I enjoy exploring like 
especially like um, women and queer people and the roles in like history and especially in um, religious contexts as well. Mm. I think it's fascinating to learn about, especially because they've been so erased and especially with you see how um, a lot of religion has been weaponized against these groups. It's interesting to learn about. So that's what I'm really interested in. I think that um, it's just so fascinating to see like a queer community at um, the University of Toronto. I heard so many negative things about the University of Toronto before I started here. (laughs) And it was hard with um, like the pandemic and everything, meeting people and finding people who I thought had similar values and uh, beliefs as me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was really, really excited to hear about this and I'm so excited to join and I kind of just want to uh, explore what other people who are queer and like successful in their lives are doing. My name is Ezra. Uh, my pronouns are they or she. Uh, and my role here at the research lab is uh, I, I'm an undergrad research assistant. Um, I am under the supervision of Elliot. Uh, one of my majors is sexual diversity studies. Mm. So obviously there's already like that interest there. Um, and I guess just like personally and academically, I'm just so interested in like all the projects that people are um, doing. And I'd even like when I, they had first um, reached out to me mm. about accepting, um, I took a look at like the website from last year and I was like, wow, these are really interesting projects and like I'm so curious to like learn more and like why are people doing these things? Why yeah. do they think it's important? How are they, you know, going about any of this? Mm-hmm. I'm really interested in, um, so my background is that I'm a working class um, from an immigrant family mm. and we come from communities, parts of the world where we're not, I mean, I'm not a person of color, I am white, Mm. Um, but we do have like just very different experiences, I would say. I'm from uh, the the Balkans, I'm Persian, and I'm also Romani. Mm. And seeing how those identities and those like, like that ethnic and cultural and even national identity um, coincide with gender and sexuality, it's really like interesting and it's so specific. Um, and I'm so interested in like kind of exploring that more in my classes. And yeah, and I'm just like interested in like, just like how do these things work? Because basically when I first started studying um, or taking courses with an SDS, I was just kind of like generally curious. I've always been really passionate about um, sexual health and sexual education. Yeah. I also volunteer with the um, U of T Sex Ed Center as well. Cool. Cool, cool. So there was already like, you know, I've always been interested in that, but then just as like the courses get more and more specific, I was like, oh my God, like there's so much here that I can um, take from this mm-hmm. to enrich my own like personal understanding of my own world. Yeah. And also like how I um, interact with others. Where do I find sense of belonging, community? What do these things mean? You know, so on and so forth. Hi, my name is Luna. I go by she, her pronouns, and I'm a research assistant at the QTRL. <laughs> and uh, who are you the assistant for? The amazing Christopher Smith. <laughs> it sounds like Christopher's behind you being like, you have to say this. <laughs> <laughs> Just threatening. Say, say good things. Um, no, that's so fantastic. And what year are you in? I'm in second year, so I'm still like all new to this. I I was introduced to QTRL through... Um, Dr. Nevi Minai. So awesome. I took her class last year and it was just mind blowing. I think it was queer pop culture. Mm-hmm. And and then she just gave me this opportunity to just like come work with like a lot more people who are in, like 
knowledgeable in that area also just like just a bunch of different genre areas genres just and i'm just here to learn i'm mostly interested in especially the way that media portrays like east asian queer relationships or maybe like the invisibility of that and even within pop culture it's sometimes it's very prominent and sometimes it's very very erased and so and then there's not a lot of research around that and so i just like wishing to delve into that my name is Lance T. McCready. I use he, they pronouns. I'm an associate professor in the Leadership Higher and Adult Education Department at the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education. And I'm also the director of the Transitional Year Program, which is a over 50-year-old um, access program for mature students here at University of Toronto. And I was a co-recipient of an Emerging Projects grant Mm -hmm. to basically explore the lives of Black gender expansive youth um, in Toronto, um, specifically their experiences in school, family, and neighborhood. And I'm co-doing this with um, Jay Garrett Walker, who is also an associate professor in the Human Development and Applied Psychology Department. That always is a mouthful. I'm very much a proponent of building scholarly communities, interdisciplinary scholarly communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been involved with the Sexual Diversity Studies, um, I guess it's a program, um, for over a decade, like mm. pretty soon after coming to University of Toronto as an assistant professor in 2006, I got involved. We used to have an education committee that did lots of programming, did a conference with teachers, um, curated a film festival. Wow. Um, so um, we did a lot with that committee around education and LGBTQIA plus um, 2S plus teachers mm-hmm. and students and relationships between schools and communities. And um, so I've generally been committed to doing that work and exploring that. it and also doing empirical research when possible. And, and that's really um, what the QTRL Emerging Projects Grant allowed. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to do um, research and inquiry around transgender expansive, gender nonconforming sort of youth and identities across um, different ethno-racial groups. Absolutely. Yeah, I really just want to do some exploratory work, just know what the lives of gender ex- black, um, African-Caribbean black identifying um, gender expansive youth are in schools, you know, what their experiences are in families. There is some research um, and scholarly literature around the experiences of black um, 2S LGBTQIA plus um, youth in schools, most of it in the United States, but some things published here in, in Canada as well. Um, so I'm looking to sort of build on that scholarly literature in Canada. Um, not really um, 
I mean, I don't really have a big hypothesis. It's sure, sort yeah, of it's of exploratory, and I think it's important to just sort of start from the exploratory space. Yeah. Um, I think also it's maybe less is known about the way sort of um, various, you know, ethno-racial minority sort of youth um, experience and habit think about gender identity, Absolutely. you know, and yeah. in, in its most expansive way, not just in its binary sort of male-female iteration. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to get into that and see how that's informed by sort of, you know, anti-black racism, culture, migration. There's just all sorts of cool things to sort of explore around that, um, around sort of building our understanding of um, gender diversity and sexuality diversity. My name is Jay Garrett Walker and my pronouns are, I don't really like any of them. I really have a name preference. I prefer people to just call me by my name as opposed to any gendered pronouns. Recently, my colleague Lance McCready and I received the Emerging Projects Grant from the QTRL and we're really excited to start that work this fall. So my work really explores Black LGBTQ mental health and identity development. I specifically look at the intersection of race, religion, and sexuality and how identity development might serve as a protective factor against um, negative mental health or sexual health outcomes that we usually see in response to living with a marginalized identity. I think that a lot of the world likes to say, oh, well, Black people have these problems, LGBTQ people have these problems, but they don't really look at, um, one, the systems in which they're living in, which are quite oppressive, and they're also not ever really saying, hey, these people are living with impression, but also they're thriving in a lot of ways as well. So for me, I really take a positive psychology lens to look at the experiences of a group who has historically just really been um, marginalized. And again, for me, I'm really focused on emerging adulthood too. So 18 to 29, which is a very particular time frame in our developmental process where so many things are happening and changing. And we're all really trying to figure out who we are when we're at that age and yeah, so that's that's what my work um, really explores. In regards to the project, I'm kind of shifting gears a little bit for the project. Still going to be looking at identity development for gender expansive Black queer people, but we're going younger. So now we're going to be talking to middle and high schoolers, which I think is going to be really fun to hear their stories and their experiences with gender, sexuality, race, um, especially how it impacts them at school and in their families. So that's what we'll be doing. We'll be doing focus groups with those young people. And we're really excited to collaborate with, um, with you know, with the community members, with folks at TDSB who might have access to Black gender expansive youth. Um, and we're really hoping to hear their stories to hopefully inform some, some social change um, in the schools to support them. I think that um, for many of us who do queer work, we often feel like we're the only ones in our programs, our departments. And so kind of having this space to just hear all the awesome work that everyone is doing that's queer focused, right, is just really, really exciting to me. Uh, I would say that's the thing that I'm most excited about, um, especially now that we're like back in person and we can kind of be in space together in ways that we haven't been able to in the last three years. I think for many queer populations, that community piece has always been big for us, you know, historically. And so getting back to some of that, but also with that scholar lens makes me really excited.
This has been a QTRL production.